In October 2023, a young 22-year-old woman was on the cusp of doing great things in her community in Eagle Butte, South Dakota, when her promising young life was cut short. This is the story of Brianna Rain Duchenu Clown. Hey guys, this is Ash. This is Shiashi. This is Maggie, and you're listening to We Are Resilient. So as we're getting started into this new year, we want to continue to share these women's stories. And if we only get to share their stories and their names out there, it's something, I think. And we do hope something will come from sharing these stories and are always wanting peace for the families as well as justice. But today I want to share with you the life and story of Brianna Rain Deschanel Clown of Eagle Butte, South Dakota. She was born on January 27, 2001. She's the daughter of Lacey Deschanel and Brandon Clown, a member of the Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe. She was born in Perry, South Dakota, where she attended Head Start and Kindergarten. She then moved and attended 1st through 12th grade at Cheyenne Eagle Butte School. She graduated high school in May of 2019. In school, she was involved in many activities such as Missoula Children's Theater, Governor's Camp at USD, which is University of South Dakota, Natural Helper Student Council, National Honor Society. She played volleyball, basketball, track, cross country, and she was a part of the Canley Coalition, which is a group that wanted to create a smoking and vaping ban with the Tribal Council. They want to create a smoke-free air policy for Cheyenne River for seven generations. They put forth efforts and was still rejected by their tribal council. So they decided, and this is a young group, high school kids, they decided they would educate the community on the difference in commercial tobacco and traditional tobacco. I mean, this group of young people are making big strides. It's something to be proud of. They were not taking no for an answer and said, well, it's important to us, so we're going to keep working on this. If you go on Facebook, they put on a short video in honor of Brianna and her work on the Canley Coalition. Bree, which is the name her family called her, was enrolled at the Aglala Lakota College and was set to graduate in December of 2023. And as her accolades from high school continued, she was graduating with a business degree and on the president's list. She was a member of the American Indian Business Leaders Association. She is involved with the American Indian Higher Education Consortium, also won at play in business competitions through OLC. Bree was just accepted to the University of North Dakota at Grand Forks. I mean, this woman was doing it all and she was doing it big. I was about to say, can we acknowledge just how involved and how much she has done just through her high school years? You know, I don't know the extent of the story yet, but it just it's really sad when you see so much promise in such a young person and that be cut short. Well, and based off just what you've read, her academic accolades are significant. She was involved in the community. She Mm -hmm. played multiple sports. She was a very well-rounded individual. Yeah, and there's nothing more powerful than an indigenous educated woman, and Brady definitely was that. She was definitely on her way to having a successful career path. That makes these stories even more tragic. Because you can see the potential. Yeah. Definitely. Brady began her career in her young adult life as an intern at Cheyenne River Youth Projects, Kaya Cafe, and working as a cashier at the Lakota Thrifty Mart. She was an in-med student for several summers at the University of North Dakota and was a counselor the summer of 2022. She was once employed as an ARPA clerk with the Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe, and at the time of her passing, she was working as a housing assistance program clerk with the Cheyenne River Housing Authority. Bree was so loved by her family and friends. She was an animal lover. She loved collecting elephants and crystals. She liked reading and listening to music. She loved to travel, go to concerts, playing disc golf, walking, and simply hanging out with family and friends. Bree knew how to enjoy life, and on top of all these things she enjoyed to do in her free time, she was kicking butt in school. A true upcoming leader in her community. Bri was named after her grandfather, Brian Tuffy Lee, and she was named Pete San Nguyen, White Buffalo Woman in the Lakota language. It's a powerful name and the dominant figure of the most important legend in their history. 
So that was a little background of who Brie was and all that she'd accomplished and just how powerful she was in her community. Brie was 22 years old on October 28, 2023, when she was found dead in the Terry Park area. The news articles I read gave limited information as it could be a recent story, but it stated that Brianna was staying in a rental cabin when she went missing. Like staying in her own rental cabin or? No, she was there with other people. So she she was visiting friends at a rental cabin, it sounds like. She was hanging out, yeah. But that's all the information that could be released. That's all the news articles state, the um, news reports. That's all they gave. Even now? Mm-hmm. Even yeah. when I looked, there's still just nothing. Um, that she was just at this cabin, and that's all we know. According to Lawrence County Sheriff's Office, a death investigation determined that foul play was not suspected. Allegedly, Brianna froze to death outside the cabin, and that's all the news media said. So they're in South Dakota in October. So it probably was really cold. Mm-hmm. But they're just assuming she was drinking and partying and went, went outside and froze to death. Yes. Because there's not a lot of information. And this is a listener request. I did go on social media. Allegations on social media tell a different story. I found a post from her family on Facebook and on TikTok, which, you know, are not reliable sources for facts, but sometimes families are forced to take to social media to get justice for their loved ones and share their stories in hopes of someone coming forward to say something. So her family took to social media to get word out about what happened to Brianna. According to a social media post that alleges Brianna was at the rental cabin with people older than her, it was stated a man was hitting on Brianna and the gentleman's woman seen it and kicked Brianna out for nothing. According to a Facebook post made by Brianna's aunt, nobody in the cabin went out looking for her, even after allegedly finding her shoes, clothes, phone, and wallet. She wasn't even reported missing until people in the neighboring cabin insisted on searching with the police. So she was assumably drinking, maybe intoxicated. An altercation happened and they kicked her out with no shoes and no jacket in the South Dakota weather in in October. Or her phone. And that's what the family alleges, yes. And that she was out there. No one checked on her. Maybe they assumed she left. I don't know. Is there a current investigation? No. So they're just saying she froze to death and... That's it. Case closed. Mm-hmm. Brianna's mom stated this is one of two far-meaning indigenous women whose death by hypothermia was labeled as no foul play by police after a brief investigation. The family alleges on social media she was at the party with Cheyenne River Sioux Tribal Program Directors. mm so they don't know if, like, this case was open and shut within, like, 24 hours. So there's an assumption made that there was people with influence at this cabin. That's what the family believes, yes. None of the news media outlets state that. Or at least didn't report on it, because... Irregardless of the fact that, you know, of who was there, it's still just an, another concerning case where, like you said, it was open and shut in, what, 24 hours? It feels like another one of the cases where if people are drinking or partying or doing something that if they go outside of what they feel like is their own accord and they end up succumbing to the the elements that it's just their own fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because what's confusing here is if it's, we know it's cold and then they boot her out without a jacket, without shoes, somebody's responsible. She's 22 years old. There's not going to be a good ending here when you kick somebody out in the cold without the proper somebody's responsible. I'm sure she didn't want to go outside by choice without jacket and shoes in the cold weather. Somebody did it. So why are we, why is it just so open and shut and nobody's being held accountable for whatever happened? But it sounds like, I guess, if the family's alleging there was people of influence there, then that would make sense. But I mean, also like, and maybe this is something that we need to look into, especially since we've heard of so many of these cases, but what would the crime be? I 
I mean, for I it's a good question. for a kid, it's neglect, right? right? Like you put it, you put a minor out with nothing. You send a minor to you know somewhere without the proper clothing or food. It's neglect. Mm-hmm. But if you do the same thing to an, to an adult, what I mean, what crime would it be? You know, it's it's always those gray areas we find in this because some things there just aren't any laws for or a specific crime and. And maybe that contributes to why there's like, maybe it's a loophole that you can just say, you know, oh, no one's really responsible. She's an adult. She could have walked to a gas station. You know, she could have walked to the neighbor's house. Or she shouldn't have been there. She was old enough to know better. She could have called the police. She could have found a phone. You know, it's always just like this victim blaming of like, well, Mm -hmm. she could have done more to help herself. Yeah. I didn't even think to consider that there's not necessarily like, what crime is it? But I think they put her in that situation of, you know, we don't want you here, mm-hmm. so we're just going to kick you out with nothing. No shoes, nothing. Not even giving her a safe way out. I'm sorry. That's just cruel. You don't want her there. Give her stuff. Give her a phone. Tell her to go on. Yeah. Especially if it's the guy that's hitting on her. Mm-hmm. Should have kicked him out. Right. Why Why are we always pointing fingers at the girl and not holding the man accountable? So this takes place in South Dakota where Native Americans make up just under 8% of the population, but make up 50% of homicide victims and at least 42% of the state's missing persons. But even a staggering of those numbers, which make us go, wow, are the victims who endured what they went through. And let's not forget their families, generation after generation of Native families who have to live this life without a loved one, who was taken from them with or without answers, and with or without justice, and in some cases, as we know, in sharing these stories, with or without their loved ones being brought home. In May of 2019, the community and the Cheyenne youth and young adults gathered in Eagle Butte to remember another young life, Happy Carmen Charger, whose death was suspicious as well. The marchers gathered to bring attention to all missing and murdered Indigenous cases. Joy Bond, the frontline community organizer and Cheyenne River Sioux tribal member, said, and I quote, what we know is 84% of Indigenous women will experience violence in their lifetime. We know resources are limited and legal jurisdiction is convoluted. However, that is exactly why we must work harder to find solutions and we must move quickly. We don't have accurate statistics for Cheyenne River, but we hear the stories. Do not judge our fellow tribal members, but to stand behind them and protect each other. Love is stronger than hate. Not one more stolen sister, not one more, end quote. And like our tribe and many other tribes, or dare we say all tribes, face this issue. Bree was not the first missing and murdered indigenous woman of the Cheyenne River Sioux tribe. Brianna's mom made a Facebook post and it stated she was my best friend. I miss her immensely. I want people to be held accountable. She was one of the best parts of me. She didn't deserve this. And I guess like family, I don't see why this case was labeled no foul play in a short 24 hours. More needs to be looked into and looked at. What happened that night? Did the police say why she was outside? Again, the news stories are very limited, and I found a lot of information on social media by family and friends. But why is that? All that Brie accomplished in her life, the high standards she set for herself and was still achieving, her life was valuable. She was well on her way to being an educated, strong, indigenous woman in her tribe, and she deserves more than a short article about what might have happened to her. It's just sad. Like we talked about the person that she was becoming mm-hmm. and who she already was, was cut short. And her family really doesn't know what happened that night and all the answers because there's just not an investigation. Yeah. And just based off what you said, it doesn't sound like she's someone who made poor decisions or poor choices. You know what I mean? Right. And we don't know what was going on at this part, no. at this, at this rental cabin. And the fact that there's such limited information and the case was closed within 24 hours is really, really concerning and sketchy. Do you know if they did an autopsy? Mm-mm. It doesn't say that they did or they were going to. They just ruled it hypothermia. Can you imagine the family? I mean, just knowing that your loved one just froze to death and no one's looking further into it. I mean, I guess like thinking on it, they like someone could pursue manslaughter charges. 
if they could prove that they did make her leave, you know, but they're probably the people in the home were probably saying she was drunk. She walked outside. We couldn't stop her um, because that's always what happens is they always just blame it on, you know, substances or her own decision. Uh, like how long was she out there before she was discovered frozen? And even if she did wander out there alone and she was inebriated or whatever, why aren't you calling authorities like, look, we can't get her back in. She's not listening to us. It's cold out there. Someone needs to come help her. We need help. Or at least just give her her phone so she can get a ride. Just common sense stuff. So it makes you wonder what what what, what really was going on. It just sounds like to me that and what the family believes also is that these people in leadership positions just are pushing it out, pushing it to the side. We don't know what happened to her. She left. End of story. We're not responsible. Did you read this? So Out of Sight actually did an episode on her in October when it happened. And it says... Screenshots released by TikTok creator Truth, T-R-U-T-H-F-U-L-G, allege that Brianna was at the rental cabin with a group of people significantly older than her, including two program directors for the Cheyenne um, River Sioux Tribe. According to the screenshot, one of the program directors was the man hitting on her and that his woman is the woman that kicked Brianna out without anything. It goes on to say that the program director who flirted with Brianna, quote, sent out Snapchats of her frozen shoes outside and was laughing the next day. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. A program director for a tribal entity. This was the guy that was flirting with her? And Snapchatting her frozen shoes and laughing about it the next day. So she was dead the next day. Yeah, it doesn't say, like, if they knew she was dead then or not. But see, this is why the family's so upset. If this is the stuff they're seeing and stuff they're hearing, I mean. So she was found less than 100 feet away from the cabin. Yeah, it was just, like, in the yard. She was. She didn't wander off. She was right there. It makes me so sad for that family. And for people in leadership positions, if this is true, I mean, that's just sickening. That's And I, like a lot of the posts I've seen, the family are still wanting justice. They're wanting something done. They're still taking to social media and calling out people and wanting them to come forward. But nobody is. It's sad because they've already ruled her death. Hypothermia. Could be. But something contributed to that. Exactly. Like people just don't go out and just die from hypothermia. There's extenuating circumstances. And for her to be just, what'd you say, 100 feet away out there, she didn't wander off and just froze to death. And people are just being so callous and cruel about it. It's definitely sad. It's just a wild story to me that. And I just don't think that I as a person could ever be in a situation where I'm like, she's got to go. Get her out of here. She's got to She's just, even if, if it was someone who was causing a ruckus and just being belligerent, get her out of here. I think I would steal. Be like, well, did she leave? Did she? Did she make it? Did somebody come get her? You know. I think especially if you're with an older older adult, it's just that maturity of making sure. It's because you got a conscience. Well, and I also feel like, like for instance, like if a kid comes over to my house, you know, I feel some sense of responsibility, even if their parents are there, you know, to make sure that my home is safe and that you know nothing bad happens. And I even feel that way about adults, right? Like if someone were to get hurt at my house, like I would feel terrible about it. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's so crazy that there's just like no regard. We we say it a lot, but I I don't know if people really understand how hard it is to get information because there's none out there. Yeah. And you know what comes to mind? And this story is so tragic and it's so confusing too. But have you guys seen on the news that man that had a party at his home and his three friends were found dead outside two days later, frozen. No. Three three adults, three adult men 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So the long and the short of the story is the men were partying and they were drinking. I think they were using substances, right? Mm-hmm. That's, you know, kind of common these days. Um, I don't know what they were using. I haven't gotten that far into it. But the man that lived in the home was inside the home for two days. And it was not until someone, one of the men's fiancés came knocking on the door and was like, why is my fiancé's car still here? Why are their cars still here? No one has heard from them. And she barged in and went to the backyard to look for him. And all three men were lying in the backyard in the snow, frozen to death. No, I've heard that. But um, the news medias are catching on to this because they're suspecting that, well, I think the family is being told there's no foul play because they think they all died of an overdose. But why would the man that lives there be fine in the home, but the three men outside just suddenly succumbed to an overdose and died in their yard or in his yard? And he didn't think to go look for them? How would he not know? I mean, their cars are still in his driveway. They're still there. He has to know. He assumed they left. And mind you, the news media is picking this up. Yeah, and that's my point. And reporting on it. Yep. So why why is it when it's a non-Indigenous person, there's uproar? Mm-hmm. But when it's a 22-year-old renowned woman who was making a name for herself and there's questionable circumstances, why is there not the same energy towards her case? Why do people not feel that she deserves the same justice as these other families? And Chris Como has actually been the one like primarily reporting on this. He's been mm-hmm. like uh, interviewing the family and, you know, asking the questions. But I just don't understand why when it when it comes down to indigenous women who fall into the exact same categories of what we see on the media mm-hmm. why you don't hear anything about it i don't know i mean this is like it's the same it's right the same. yeah it's exact the same. same thing because the three or four news articles i found all said the exact same thing pretty much word for word mm-hmm. i didn't find anything new from article to article they mm-hmm. all said the same thing well you know and i think you know, we, we, we've explained this before. It's kind of the battle with this podcast, you know, when we cover these stories and sometimes the length of the episodes aren't as, you know, they're not very long, but there's a reason for that. There's a reason because there's not a lot of information out there. We're just going off what little information we can get. And then the families are left to advocate and left to try and draw attention any way they can. And at this point, they're doing their own investigations and trying to find answers. This is just upsetting. It's upsetting even more now that I know that there's a similar case out there and it's getting traction. But this happened to her, what did you say, four months ago? Three. And there's nothing. We just, you know, and this is kind of the battle we face, especially with MMIW is we're left to try and find what information we can find. And a lot of it, like you said, is reliant on the families because the families are the ones left to do the work. Otherwise, it's a case closed less than 24 hours and there's no answers to why their loved one has died. There's a clear injustice and we always bring it up. But when you can compare two cases in the media Mm -hmm. that are relatively the same, and occurred, you know, within kind of the same time frame, you can clearly see the disparities. I mean, comparing the two, I just sent you guys some articles. I mean, there's people covered this news story. So, I mean, it's it's beyond just like, you know, local news stories. It's mainstream media. It's a continuing problem. This is, you know, we've been covering these cases a little over two years now. And well, Asha's Tillness is a case that happened three months ago, and we're still it, we're still in the same we're still having the same problems. There's still not in, it's 2024, and we still can't get information. 
and we still can't get justice for these women. We can't even get news coverage for this. You see, these lives of these families are forever changed. The way they live everyday life changes. Their hopes and dreams change the way they have to navigate this life without someone, and that in itself is unexplainably hard. We've said on this podcast before, when we lose one of our indigenous sisters, we lose everything they were supposed to carry on. Their traditional dances, songs, their language, the traditions they knew, and sometimes we lose a leader. And Brianna was definitely a leader. Thank you for listening to We Are Resilient. For links to information found for this episode, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at We Are Resilient Podcast. Send us an email at weareresilientpod at gmail.com or visit us at www.war-podcast.com.